Hello, you're listening to Art, Activism, and Adventure. I'm Michaela Demers, and today I'm sitting in the living room, in a living room, with Luke Reese. Luke is a biracial storyteller and community builder originally from Mississauga. Recently graduated from York University with a BFA in theater and a minor in creative writing, Luke is an artistic director of Little Black Afro, a member of Then They Fight Theater, and a co-creator of Dark Nights. This year, he is producing with Ossidian's Theater Company through Ossidian's Mentor uh, Mentor Apprentice Program and creating a new work with the support of Factory Theater and The Foundry. Luke also plays soccer. Yeah. Hey, Luke. Wednesday nights, <laughs> except for not last oh, night. Oh, do you you still play now? Yeah. No, I, um, I play Thursday nights, but I missed my game last night because I was at a show. No dedication. I don't, even, I don't even know if we won. I feel bad now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't talk about it. No, no, shows always open on Thursdays or there's like a dress or something. Anyway. That's true. The thing that I, I always find it beautiful when art and sport merges in a person. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't see that very often. Mm-mm. Is that just me? No, we're, we're a rare breed. Because <laughs> sometimes I talk to artists about sport and they're like, I don't get it. And then I talk to sport people about art and they're like, I don't get it. I'm like, what? The, it's the same thing. Yeah. I, well, because... It is. It is like you're. There's like a, the same kind of physical element to it, where it's like you're moving and you're, you know, you have a goal like for dance and theater. You know, you're creating a performance, but like you're also like kind of perform. Like you yeah. are performing and the whole like passion too. behind it. Oh yeah, it's the same and intensity and like, and like the practice and like the practicing your craft. Yeah. Like there's you know. Like I, I think it's just like a stigma in people's mind. They're like, I, as an artist, cannot like sport. Yeah, these are two different worlds. Like, whenever I watch a basketball game, everyone's like, what? What do you, you know? I, <laughs> I like, follow the Raptors on Instagram. I'm yeah. like, I have a signed basketball in my room that, like, I got. Because because at an art symposium, nobody bid for this signed Raptors basketball. Right. In a room full of artists, it was the one item that didn't get a bid. So my friend was telling me about it, and I was like, I will I will do it. I will, I will do it. <laughs> Signed by Jonas Valanciunas. Like, oh, like there it's you amazing. Go. Yeah. And it comes with a certificate of authenticity. But they have no idea. So they and just nobody it. cared. Yeah. And now it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I'm actually, I'm always looking for people to like watch sports with because I don't feel very comfortable going to a bar and doing it by myself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then it's like, or going to a game. I feel like I have to drag somebody out to see a basketball game. Yeah, I'm like, like, I'm testing different people with, like, games. I'm like, I I went, took my sister to a game for her birthday. Right. And it was, like, fun, but, like, because it was, like, a Raptors game. Raptors games Mm -hmm. are kind of fun, but it was, like, it was still, like, okay, like, this isn't your cup of tea. (laughs) Yeah, because I don't want to make people do things. Right? Especially when they're expensive tickets. Yeah, it's true. Also, though, speaking of expensive tickets, I randomly talked to this dude when I was skating and he was talking about Marley games. Have you been to a Marley game? Yeah, I have. Um, They're super like not super cheap but they're like cheap and it's fun and you're seeing some of these players that will be playing and are back and forth between the Leafs too which is cool. And he said that lots of times you can just like go on night of and pick up a ticket which I feel Mm -hmm. is pretty rare because like every other sporting event you have to buy like three weeks. Right. Or like deal with scalpers. Which I've never Um, done so I... Maybe that's something I should try out. No, scalpers are really expensive. But Marley's games are fun, definitely. Um, and now the Raptors have like their D-League team in Mississauga, the 905, yeah, yeah. which I feel like I need to go and see because like, I'm a Mississauga... I'm a Mississauga... So, I don't, I don't know, know what we're called. <laughs> um, but I've, I've volunteered um, at Marley's games and Raptors games and Leafs games and TFC games with uh, a group that sells 50-50 tickets, Trolley oh, Development. Okay. okay. Met them through some work with Little Black Afro, so I've also been, like, been able to see games for free. Right, as you walk around. As I walk around selling people tickets. 
Do they actually buy them? Yeah. That's good. They do when I sell. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> That's what it's all about. It's all about the pitch. Yeah. And then I also learned about uh, Toronto Rock, which I haven't seen either. Right, lacrosse. Yeah, but it, I've also heard those games are pretty amazing. I've never been to a Toronto Rock game. Last year, I went to a Raptors game, TFC game, Blue Jays game, Argos game, and Leafs game. But I didn't go to a Toronto <laughs> Rock game. Well, and a Marley's That game. whole year I went shot. to like every team but <laughs> Toronto Rock. Yeah. So, I'm a bad person. I have the dates written down because I'm like, oh, I need to go, but mm-hmm. I haven't gone. So, I'm not very committed. I haven't even seen a Raptors game yet this year. I've it's seen depressing. three in 2016. I'm going to another one on Tuesday. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I follow the Raptors a lot. That's that's like that's my right. that's my that's where I spend the most money on probably other than rent and food and right. alcohol. <laughs> are the Raptors. Like it's, And so who do you play soccer with now? Um, it's like a co-ed league that's run through, I think it's like called the Toronto Social Club. Um, I started playing with them a year ago because my, one of my best friends, his sister worked with them and it was like a work thing and then they kept on like calling people in to play. So I was just like a call up who would come in every now and then and I was And then they were like, oh, he's good. Right? And then, (laughs) and so then I played with them again in the summer and then in the fall and now in the winter so nice. like some of the people have changed but it's like the same basic group of people who we've who I've been playing with now for a year which is which is fun that's cool and I feel like they're just gonna be like my soccer buddies yeah yeah because <laughs> I remember I think that was like the first thing I learned about you before I knew that you were into theater was that you played soccer yeah because I had played soccer at winters yeah um that was always something that was important to me, and I didn't want to let that slide. Mm-hmm. I did not want to lose soccer. I, I played soccer longer than I've been in theater. Like, I, since I could walk, I was playing soccer. Yeah, it's a part of you. Do you have a team? Um, I mean, TFC. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they could, and? You know, the playoffs, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't actually follow club soccer as much as I'd like. Like, I, I, was, I was playing so much, and then when it comes to, like, international teams I'm cheer for Italy because I'm half Italian so mm-hmm. but there's multiple Italian teams well like when it I'm comes just down learning to, like yeah when it comes down to like World Cup and like Euro Cup okay. and like things like that you're like you're talking countries but right. then like each country kind of has, its, has own its own league and yeah. then there's different clubs within that and then there's like a league where all the best teams from the other little leagues come together and they play and it's this is why it's confusing it's very confusing and I I didn't grow up with somebody who watched club soccer like, like my father did and I didn't have any uncles or like other friends who were into it so I didn't have like a connection to a team right okay. that's my thing if I don't feel connected to a team for like some reason or another mm-hmm. then like I'm not like oh like I'm not like a diehard this fan or diehard. right there's some people like club soccer fans are like yeah I know a couple I know a couple and that's like they're the ones that try to explain it to me and then mm-hmm. like I I'm just I'm trying to get it just so no. I don't so like if a game's on I'll watch it because I appreciate watching right. the game but I'm not like gonna go and have a fit at you know I feel wins. the same way even about because I grew up watching more hockey mm-hmm. and so I feel the same way about hockey where it's like oh team Canada's playing obviously team Canada like that's the team that I cheer for but mm-hmm. just even in the regular NHL league I don't have a team that mm-hmm. that I feel really connected to I also am like always tossed up with the NHL because like Canadian players are all over the place mm-hmm. and like, so it's I'm, like you can't keep track of them it's no. like <laughs> who do you want to cheer for Canadian teams or Canadian players mm-hmm I don't know. Like, I like Montreal. Sorry, Toronto people. <laughs> um, because, one, they're, they're, well, they started the season. They were playing well, but now not so much. But they're a good team, like, overall. 
Uh, and P.K. Subban is, like, a black defenseman who's yeah. Canadian. So yeah. I'm like, I can, you know, I'll relate to that. I'll relate to that. Yeah, that's good. That's um, cool that you identify with it, though, because I'm always just, like, my uh, my brother's always trying to convince me to cheer for his team, which I can't even remember. But I <laughs> it's, it's not fair. Like, as you yeah. grew up, I think his team changed. So, like, Detroit was in there at one point, but mm-hmm. I feel like Detroit was everyone's team at one point. And, like, it's just, like, you know, it just changes, yeah. and then... I don't know. I, I kind of like Vancouver because, like, one of my cousins really likes Vancouver, mm-hmm. so I'm like, well, I guess. Right? I like, and then every now, when Toronto does well, I'm that person who's like, yeah, bandwagon. Band, like, I'll hop on the <laughs> Toronto Leafs bandwagon all the time. But and that's reality, what happened this year with baseball, too. Everyone was like... Well, I, like, I'm a Jays fan because, like, my grandfather is a huge Jays fan, so, like, whenever he would watch me when I was a kid, we were always watching the Jays. Like, it was right. Jays, 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 Jays. So that, like... Yeah, seeing that bandwagon form, I was like, I was like happy for the Jays, and look at all their fans. But I was like, you people don't even know. Yeah, don't yeah. Even know. You have to be there for the hard time. Like you had been there when you were like when you were able to run the bases on like the Sunday family day base running thing. Right. Like when you were allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. If you did that, then you then you can speak. <laughs> but, like I was like I was Otherwise, the little like six up. year old in the lineup, like, running the bases. Yeah. Back when that was new. <laughs> you're so old. <laughs> you're I'm not, so you're not. <laughs> old. I remember when I could run the bases at the Sky Dome back when it Why was they called stop the Sky that? Dome. They still do it. Oh, do they? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, I think it's it's either Junior Jays Saturdays or Family Sundays. Well, the Raptors the Raptors do Family Sundays. I think right. the Jays do that. Junior Jays Saturdays because it rhymes, but also Sunday alliteration. But also, yeah, it's important. It's very important. Okay, I guess I should not talk about sports and get back to the no, series. No, but it's, stuff. I mean, like, that's what, it, like, because artists don't talk. Like, I know. Like, there isn't, like, I don't I think, and, like, because a part of me thinks, like, oh, maybe they don't want to talk about it because, like, they think the world talks about it enough. Mm. Because there is, there is yeah, more yeah, media yeah. coverage and, Definitely. like, support for sports versus arts. But, like, I don't feel like that's a reason to just, like, outright yeah. be, like, anti-sport. Mm-hmm. And I get a lot of, I get a lot of, um... Shit, can I swear on this? Yeah. Okay. Um, I might have already, I don't even know. Um, for being an Italian soccer player, because, okay. like, they fall, and it's like... Right, yeah, yeah, oh. I've heard it. So, like, some of my friends who know nothing about soccer at all, but then hear that I play soccer, that I'm part Italian, they're like, oh, like, all you do is fall to the ground and mm. cry. That's not how I play. That is not how I play. And that's another reason why I don't watch a lot of soccer, because that's the soccer that I'm seeing. Is right. Like, and I like to see the soccer that I play. And the thing, like, the whole thing about sports, I think, for a lot of people that like sports, is, like, they like it because they play it. Mm-hmm. Like, you're a spectator mm-hmm. kind of second, but you like it because you play it. Yeah, so you maybe understand that's what's where... going on and, like, what people have, what, the, what it takes. What it feels like. Oh, but oh, I don't play soccer. I don't know if this <laughs> works with theater people, but with dance girls... <laughs> they're mostly girls <laughs> you know like they're you know people start young and they're in the studio right away and it kind of it can take the place of experiencing anything else Is mm-hmm. so maybe art does that too like it you don't get that diversity of experience of being able to play sports yeah it was maybe. like like my parents put me in sports because my interest first I mean I guess, I guess the thing that the parents do sometimes like yeah like like my sister went into dance and right. I went into soccer right and there was a point when my sister was also playing soccer but then dance became more important so then right. she went to dance um and then there was a point when like people were joking about me taking dance classes so my sister and I could do like a hip-hop duet because like I did like to dance and yeah. I do like to dance um but then I like chose to to stick with soccer instead of like pursuing dance classes <laughs> which is 
which is fine. But part of me is always like, what if? What if I took that Wednesday night dance class instead of going to practice? Right. We could have been in the same we could, class yeah, at York oh, University. It's sh- ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> but what was the question? Oh, yeah. So um, I, I was put into sports, and then I just, mm. I loved it. My sister was put into sports. She didn't, so she kind of yeah. like. Um, but then theater was something that I kind of found on my own, which was nice. Right. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. So speaking of York, uh, we York. were the same year. We yeah. We were the same year. And we were like coming up to our year anniversary of being, well, coming up in a couple of months of being. Of being out. Of being a year real of people. Being real people. In the real world. So how's it been? Uh, it's been good. Paying rent is. <laughs> well, cause like I also commuted the entire four years from home from Mississauga. So, like, not only did I finish school this year, but I also, like, moved out for right. the first time. So now I'm living, a, like, a, not alone, but, like, without my mom. <laughs> um, so I'm paying rent, which is, like, something that I had to to do. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just funny because I think about, like, like, I'm making fairly good money now, but most of it goes to rent, and that's something where I'm like, okay, like, if I was still living at home, like, my student debt would be paid off. <laughs> like, money, yeah. for real. Like, it's... And, and when I made the decision to move out and, like, you know, because there's more art downtown, like, mm-hmm. than in Mississauga. Like, I was I was already kind of involved in the community in Toronto, so I was like, okay, I need to be in Toronto. I can't be living in Mississauga and commuting. Cause, That's like, impressive that you were connected to the core, both going to York and living in Mississauga, and you mm-hmm. still had the ability to connect to downtown. That's impressive, I think. Yeah, it was a lot of commuting. It was a lot yeah. of moving around. It was a lot of sitting on buses, sitting on the, the TTC, sitting on the go, especially. Yeah. But, like, I don't know, I, I made a choice that, like, this is what I'm going to do, and if I'm going to do this, then I'm going to have to spend, like, a third of my week on transit. Mm-hmm. But, like, when I'm on transit, like, what am I doing? Well, I'm writing. Like this. Yeah. So it's it's making use of that time as well. And it's weird being downtown now because I, I, I'm not in transit as much, mm-hmm. and if I am, it's the TTC versus the GO. Like, when I got on a GO bus, I was like, okay, this is, like, 40 minutes where I don't have to move yeah. so I can sit down and I can write. You can, like, set up shop. <laughs> right. But here it's, like, I'm transferring every, like, five minutes from, yeah. like, this line to that line to this streetcar to the bus. So, like, I sit down and I get to start writing and then I got to pack up my laptop and then totally. put my notebook away. And it's... I noticed the same thing, too, because I used to commute even to York from downtown, which would take, like, an hour. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing. And I would mostly read, but I noticed that my reading just kind of stopped when... I started living downtown and walking everywhere. Right. Which just has upsides and downsides. Like, I'd rather walk places than mm-hmm. to DC there, but you kind of lose that. Yeah. You know the thing I miss most about living with my parents? Is when you come home and dinner's made. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the fucking best? Because you just come in and, like, you smell it, and they're like, oh, dinner's ready, and you just sit down, and, they, like, and there just, it is. And then you just eat. But now, <laughs> yeah. you come home at the end of a long day, and you, and have, then to you have to make, make yourself food. dinner. It's rough. Uh, Life is so why hard. I have, like, so many things where I just have to, like, put it somewhere and then wait, like, either in a pot or in an oven. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> And then I press a button and I just wait. And yeah. then I just like sulk for 20 minutes and then my food's ready. <laughs> and, then <it's> like, <laughs> and then you eat it all begrudgingly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Well. Uh, yeah. I have some of my Nona's um, uh, tortellini and sauce in the freezer. They're like, I'm waiting when I have like a nice like chunk of time in an evening. So I'm like, yeah, like I'm going to. I'm going to defrost this in the morning, <laughs> so when I come home, I can cook it, but I'm going to treat myself yet. right. I'm gonna right? Treat, just that night, though. Make myself a nice, maybe I'll do that. No, I can't. No, now I'm, like, trying to plan my, <laughs> make myself dinner. It's like a date night, but solo, a solo date night. Yeah. Those are important. 
They're very important. Yeah. I had a girl try to sell me a manicure the other day. Did you say yes? No. I've never had one. I wasn't, I wasn't ready. No. <laughs> <laughs> we should treat ourselves right and get a manicure. Get a manicure. No, I want to go to a massage. Yeah, that's that's actually... I would. I think massages are like a good health practice. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, once a month. That yeah. would, that's a goal for me. Just, you know, be able to do that for myself. Right. I mean, I don't even know. Are they expensive? How expensive are they? It depends... Oh, we're going to get into this now. So it depends <laughs> <laughs> what kind of massage therapist you go to. Because you just have like... Not just, but you have res- registered massage therapists, mm-hmm. but then you have also different types of massage therapists, like mm-hmm. Thai or uh, fascial massage therapists or whatever. But those are more like very specific okay. if you want very specific things. But it, you can just go to a registered massage therapist and then mm-hmm. it feels amazing. But I think it's like, this is super random guess, but I think it's like 90 bucks. <gasps> For like 45 minutes. Oh my gosh. Or something like that. And then like even if you get coverage, it'll, they'll be like, oh, we'll cover like 20% up to $200. Yeah. So you can use $200 worth of, like you can use $200 over your visits up to like 20% per visit. So it's not, you're still paying the large. Yeah. But you, dreams. I'll get there. I'm on that train with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, in terms of being a, a solo person... I've been thinking about this a lot. Is there something that you wished you knew before you graduated, like through post-secondary, that you're like, man, now that I'm out, I know this, and if I knew this in post-secondary, I'd be more prepared for it, or I'd be... Um, yes. <laughs> it's... I'm like... There are things that I think a lot of people should know studying arts in university that no one's telling people, but, like, things that I ended up figuring out before getting out, like, the right, what, like, so, like, yes and no. Okay, well, whatever yes, those, because, let's go to those things first. Yeah, what are those yeah, things? Yeah, yeah, um, so many things. Uh, no one cares about what you do in school. Mm, yeah, yeah. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> we, we get in these little like, bubbles, where it's like, we're at York University, and York University has its intricate theater-creating system, and this is how they work, and they put a show up, and everyone's, like, in love with the people who are in fourth year, like, oh, like, look at that person, I want to be like them, (laughs) they're the best theater maker in the world, but really they're just in this little freaking bubble, Mm. and then you get out of university, and they're like, pop! And then not only are they popping your bubble, but they're popping the bubble of the Ryerson grads and the Toronto U of T grads and the George Brown grads. Like, everybody who's, like, been in a little theater bubble and they all, these bubbles just, like, leave the school and then everyone's just fucking there <laughs> popping them and everyone's falling to the ground. That's a crazy image. Right? And then as you're falling, you're like, oh my god, I gotta create art, I gotta create art. Who's around me? Well, it's everybody who's still in my bubble because we haven't really flown anywhere else. Right. So then everyone grabs each other's hands from the same bubble. And they're like, let's all create work together. And then you have like all of these little pockets of people who are all graduated from the same school who are creating the same kind of work as the other people, but like no one's actually coming together and creating work together. And nobody cares about what you did at school. Yeah. Unless they saw the work... Per chance, they, or like, maybe if you ha- like, if you personally take the initiative to remount something yeah. or to like push that creation forward. The, yeah, you real, have to definitely. But like the 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 universities, or at least from what I've been seeing, what I've experienced at York, and just talking to other grads and and people who are about to graduate, it's like there aren't a lot of 
like they don't push that mm-hmm. in the school. They don't they don't push you to to pursue these works and to like but pursue it and think about that before you graduate. Like you have to think about that life before you graduate. Yeah. That's like otherwise you're gonna be doing all these things you don't wanna do and still trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Like you're lucky enough in school because you have the support system there with, like, your professors and with, like, your friends and everything like that. And resources. Some and resources, yeah. right? And you need to use these resources and that free stuff wisely so that when you get out, you already kind of have a little base. Like, that's what I did. And I didn't realize that, that that's what I was doing until my last year. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd say second and third year for me was really, like, going out, seeing more things in Toronto, meeting people who are making art in the city of Toronto, and then in fourth year, when I realized that I wasn't taking any theater classes in fourth year, but, like, I still, like, took enough to get my theater degree. And, like, but was still doing more theater than most people <laughs> in my year. Right. But in Toronto, that's when I realized that that's what I had been doing and that's what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Where it was, like, when I graduated, it wasn't so much of, like, me leaving one thing and then going to this whole new thing, it was an easier transition where I was like kind of sliding school over there, but making more room for the work that I was already working on in Toronto. Right. Um, and like people in the community like knew I was graduating because I would meet people and they'd be like, hey, wait, you're still in school though. Like I was meeting people and so many times I got, I heard about these opportunities, but everyone's saying, but you're still in school. And mm-hmm. then, you know, and that's another part of it too is that a lot of these, like, leadership programs, a lot of, some of the grants, things like that. All of the grants. All of the grants um, <laughs> are for people once, once you're finished school, because yeah. I don't think it's so important that you need to, like, finish your post-secondary education, but you can start those conversations while you're, yeah. while you're in school, so that, the, so that as soon as you're out, they're like, okay, and we take you, we take you and we embrace you. Right. That's, like, I'm, I'm, that happened to me, and I'm so happy that it did, but, like, and I almost said that, I'm lucky to have that happen to me, but I'm not because I worked hard yeah. for that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and there are some people's argument, obviously, that you don't have to go to school, that you can just do that work. Yeah, that, and just that, do it. you can just do that, too. It. That's to- like, um, it helps to say that, like, you know, like, you studied somewhere. For sure. Like, people, I think people like to hear that because it gives them, like, a peace of mind. Yeah. Like, at no point has anyone asked to see my degree no. or, like, really looked into, like, my practices at York, but they know that I did four years of school in a, in a, in a school that's recognized for having a good fine arts program, mm-hmm. right? So that definitely helps, but there are also people in the same position as me that didn't go to school or didn't go to school for theater necessarily, but are out there and are practicing their work and yeah. are working on their craft. And at the end of the day, if the art you're producing is, you know, still a high quality, then... You're good to go. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. And there might be a little bit of a barrier when it comes to how you communicate with that person. You you know, there's different vocabularies that, that artists use and other people. There's so many yeah. vocabularies out there for making art. But other than that, like, it's... Yeah, that's that's an option. That is entirely an option. Yeah. That, and there was a time when I, when I would definitely say, like, no, like, go to school. Like, you have to go to school. But now I'm like... You should mm-hmm. because you do learn things, and I did learn a lot of York. Yeah, but like, if you're putting the time, if you're still putting the same amount of time and work into your craft, like, I'm gonna use um, uh, vocals and coaching on that just as an example. Like, you can take like a, your your voice classes at York, but you could also take classes like that outside of York. Like mm-hmm. there are, there are institutions that offer that. There are studios that offer those same kinds of classes. 
and you're, you know, that pressure of like, I need to get an A in order to continue in my degree. So yeah. there are other ways to, to learn and to educate yourself other than school. But, but school is good. I still think school is good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go to school, kids. <laughs> no. That's the message. No, I learned a lot at York. I did. I learned a lot about the kind of people who were in the same situation as me and the people I wanted to work with, people I didn't want to work with. And, and a lot of, uh, like, theory as well that I still use today. So that's, you know... That's good. That's good. Yeah, I feel like it teaches you a lot about yourself going to university more. Like, you definitely mm-hmm. learn about content and about mm-hmm. different subject matter, but you also learn a lot about yourself, which so is, mark. is good. Yeah, and, like, you can see your growth if you really kind of, like, like I, I don't know, in fourth year I was, like, looking back at stuff I did in first year, and I was like, whoa. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> and then you just pretend that it didn't happen. Yeah, and even, like, values I had changing, or maybe not changing, but... but um becoming focused and defined and like just being sure of like okay this is what I want to do this is not what I want to do and I'm right. not going to do that so that's good okay what else what else do you have other like inner secrets that you discovered before you got out um I ask people for coffee that's like if I could give one piece of advice to anybody who's in, in, in any of the arts right now because like it's you just if there's somebody who's out there doing work and whose work you like and who's you respect and know a little bit about, then, like, ask them, be like, hey, like, this is who I am. Like, can we sit down and talk about your work? Can we talk about your experiences? And then, like, nine times out of ten, they say yes. Yeah. Like, so many times they say yes. Mm -hmm. And you develop a relationship with that person, and then you get a job. It's true. (laughs) They say, like, it's about who you know, but it is. Yeah. You know, like, if a hundred people are graduating from more than that, if a couple hundred people are graduating from different, like, acting programs this year and there's a director out there, you know, he's not going to s- be able to see all of their work, but if he, like, if five of them have been, like, let's go get coffee, then he already is aware of you, and then he can invite you, to, or he or she can invite you to do these different things, right? Yeah. Like, there's... It's definitely a, like, it's definitely a, a new concept for people, mm-hmm. especially when, I mean, it's just nerve-wracking mostly, yeah. but it's also... You have to have that ability and that confidence to, to go into this conversation mm-hmm. of like, I don't really know what we're going to talk about, right. and but I just I just need to, I, we just need to talk. Right, right, which is, like, it helps too when you know, like, if you're going in to ask for something, it's good to know what you want, but, like, yeah. if you just want to have a conversation, there are definitely, like, as long as you make that clear yeah, to the person. Yeah, I think you need to make it clear, because yeah, I've, I've definitely found myself in that kind uh-huh. of situation. <laughs> like, I I met with uh, an AD for the first time a couple months ago, and I emailed him, and it's basically like, you know, like, I want us to get to know each other. <laughs> like, um, I'm, like, kind of friendly with your work, and, like, we've passed, crossed cross paths a few times, but, like, now let's, like, let's sit down and let's talk. And, you know, mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about... More so about the work I was doing so he could become familiar with me and then just also just about, like, my life and who I am as a person. Because that's also important to creating work because it's so personal. Yeah. Like, whether you're, like, dancing on a stage, whether then you, like, spent years painting this thing and now you're putting it up on a wall for everyone to stare at and judge or, like, you've been writing something and those are your words coming and, you know, people are responding to that and the response is immediate. Yeah. Right? And you can't... There's no way to... to to shield yourself from what that is. So going into working with people, like, it's so personal. You mm-hmm. need to know who this person is that you're going into with. You need to know if you like them or not. Because if you don't like them, then it's going to be a stressful environment to create yeah, work in. It's not, not going to be that's healthy. that's not fun. 
<laughs> but did it turn out all right? The conversation. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. It was a good. It was a I was good gonna time. say I've been in conversations too, and then you know I kind of go in to present myself to mm-hmm. be like, this is who I am. This is what I have to offer. This is what I've done in the past. This is what I'm interested in the future. But then I've I've gotten that question too of being like, okay, well then what are you like? What's your proposal? What are you proposing? And I'm yeah. like, uh, no, I floundered um, a couple years ago. Um, I met with, uh, another AD who I saw last night at a, at the show I saw. And, um, and I love the theater company he works with and like the kind of work that they do and it's like fun and it's like a part of me that I want to go back to. Um, I mean, I guess like it's Young People's Theater. Is that, I don't know, why am I hiding this? Young People's Theater. Um, Alan McInnes is, uh, the artistic director there and I met him through a program in some works called Slip, which is fantastic and everybody should do. Um, any artist, it's not just theater artists. You should do this. No, you're going to be in Europe. Anyways. Um, <laughs> so, um, S-L-I-P, Summer Work Theater's Potential Program. So uh, we meet a bunch of theater artists, dance artists, people working in, in, in Toronto and in Canada. Uh, I met Alan McInnes. He does Young People's Theater. They're celebrating 50 years this year. They do theater for young audiences, right? And I had worked at a theater camp doing uh, shows with and for, like, kids ages anywhere between 8 and 13, 8 and 14. Cool for two years, and I loved it, and I wanted to go back to that, and I was like, oh my god, young people still, like, I can't, like, it's so fun working with kids and doing kids' shows, so I just, like, emailed him, I was like, let's meet, let's meet, like, oh my god, and, like, we talked for a bit, and then, and I had did, like, a little bit of research going into it, but, like, there were times where we were just kind of sitting there, and I was like, uh, <laughs> you know, and he's like, well, like, what are you, like, where are you at, like, what are you thinking, and I was like, I, I was like, <clears throat> I was like, well, with little black after, like, we're not really doing that, but like, I want to go back to that, like, like one day, like definitely, but um, and like, you know, at the at the end of the conversation, he was kind of like, well, let's talk again yeah. when you have more of an idea yeah. of what you're looking for, and uh, this was, <clears throat> I think this was the beginning of, or like the summer after second year. I think this is this is when this was. And I was like, I left it, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, what am I, oh, but, but I kept in contact with him whenever I had a show, I would always invite him, I'd send him an email, if I, like, knew that YPT was opening a show, I'd email him, be like, hey, like, have a happy opening, things like mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. so, like, he knows, like, I was still thinking about it, like, I didn't just, like, it wasn't, like, a one-off, like, I'm gonna meet you, we're gonna have a conversation, and never talk again. Right. And then went to the opening of their show, Goodnight Moon, last night, and then, like, before I left, I made sure to, like, go off to him and be like, hey, Alan, how's it going? And he was like, oh, like, good to see you. I'm so glad you're here, you know? And it's, I was kind of like, okay, so I'm not an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it definitely makes you feel like it. And mm-hmm. it's also weird just because, like, I've never been asked that directly, like, what do you want to do? <clears throat> like, mm-hmm. I've never been asked that before, just, like, like, out blatantly in terms of, like, working with someone and then me just making a proposal. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that happens, like... I don't know if that happens in the art very in the arts very much. Like I come from a background where it's way more collaborative. Mm-hmm. So it's like we get together and we brainstorm together. We talk about what we're both interested in yeah. and we come up with a concept or a project or a thing. I don't just approach you and be like, you have this company, you have the system of working, mm-hmm. you're doing it, but I'm gonna tell you what I wanna do. Yeah. And that was such and but that's what they wanted me to do. And I was just like, I'm not I don't know. <laughs> well, it's cause like I don't know, it's easier, it's easier to, for them to say yes if they know what you of want, course. right? In retrospect, like, it made so much sense, <laughs> right, right, right. like, duh. Like, like I went into his office, I was like, um, <laughs> he's like, but what do you want? Like, I couldn't, You're like, I don't know. Like, I'm like, I'm interested in, in this company. <laughs> like, I'd like, but it was also, like, a case where, like, I had a lot of interest, because they run, they run a drama camp during the, the summer, and I worked in, in 
a drama type before, so like that was an interest. But I'm also a playwright, so like okay, maybe I wanted to write a play that maybe they would help me develop. And then there was like oh, I was interested in producing as well, so maybe, maybe I could help them. Yeah. So then I was like I. I um, yeah, everything. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're pretty much like, you're looking for some feedback on terms of like, well, what are you looking for? Yeah, like, for? what do you want? I, will I can fill, fill yeah, the gap. Like, like whatever. what do you need? <laughs> I will do it. <laughs> That's what I was doing too. I was like, I have these skill sets. I've done this work. Yeah. I can pretty much do everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just tell me what you need. It doesn't really work that well. No. Anyway, but going for coffee and like talking to people is good. Yeah, it's good. And then just people get to know your face and then they see you places and then... They're like, oh, like I know who that person is, and they just like everyone a, likes that feeling. Like a familiar. I walked yeah. into another show I saw Wednesday night, and like I ordered my ticket online and blah blah blah. Walked into the lobby, and then the person running the the bar slash desk that like maybe like I didn't think I knew who this person was. I, maybe I just so many times I meet people twice, and they're like, we've already met. And I'm like. Luke um <laughs> but I walked in and he's like here you go Mr. Reese and like hands me like my program and my ticket I was like thanks service okay all right yeah that is my name I will take that and I will see you at this show and it just like baffled me because like I knew other people working on the show but like I didn't know this particular person right so I was like oh nice yeah yeah, it's nice. And it, that's the whole part of it that also makes you feel like you're a part of a community. Yeah, that's what, like, right. Nice. And once you feel like you're a part of it, then you feel more confident going and talking to other people. Yeah. Because you're like, yeah, like, I am in this. Like and we both do this thing, and yeah. we should know one another. Uh-huh. So, like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. Okay, so what about <laughs> lessons outside? Like, now that you're out... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, was there anything, or you, mm-hmm. you just had it figured? No, definitely. Um, I think... This is for me specifically is to start being more of a more of a, a hard ass and a mean person and accepting mm. that people aren't going to necessarily like or agree with me because I've been taking on the role of more of a producer. Okay. So my apprenticeship with Obsidian, <clears throat> I'm doing like an, a producing apprenticeship. So I'm working alongside their general manager Tanya. And um, is that something that they offer? It's a program. So yeah. They so they offer it, it, and it's not just producing. It's producing, design, directing. Um, stage manager. Uh, there's basically everything but but performance. Right. Um, <clears throat> and you kind of apply with like this is what I want to do in theaters. What I'm it's what I'm interested in, and a few ideas of like where you could be placed. And right. then Obsidian funds you to kind of work with this mentor for a certain amount of time, and then you learn from them and you get some experience, and hopefully out of that a job comes. Right. Um, <clears throat> so I knew I wanted to do it in producing, and I been like establishing a relationship with Obsidian for a couple of years and I was familiar with people that worked there and, and the kind of work that they did so I felt that that was a good fit. So now I'm there and I'm still doing that now um, but every now and then Tanya kind of gives me like something to do mm-hmm. that's like specific to me like learning something like whether it's like negotiating something mm. or but where like I can't not like I can't take no for an answer but like I'm very like I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a pushover, but, like, I like to please people. I like people to be happy with me, and, like, I don't like pissing people off. So when it comes to, like, negotiating things, like, I'll still present my, my side, but I, like, so I'm almost more interested in making sure they're okay with it than making sure I'm okay with it. Right. 
because I feel like, oh, like, I could take that burden. Like, I'll feel upset for a couple days, but they'll be happy, so, like, it's okay. Right. So it's learning to flip that and be like, no, this is business, and, like, I need you to put our name in this size font on your poster because we're paying you so much money to use this space, yada, 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 and, like, then I'll see you when we're at the bar later, right? Because I also, like, I'm friends with a lot of people I'm working with, too, so that's a big thing. It's how do you work with friends? How do you work with people that, like, you know, you do go for drinks with, that, like, you, you want to be able to say, like, hey, like, I, I like you. You like me, too. Like, we're still friends. Like, it's okay. There's no awkward tension. Right. But sometimes you kind of have to <clears throat> just give that up for the work. And it's like, okay, well, this is going to have to get done, so I'm going to put my foot down, like, now. And then we'll talk it out later, and it's going to be okay, but the show's going to look great. Like, <clears throat> so I think... I'm still going to work with people that I like, but I think I'm going to start working less with close friends. Right. Yes. Just because it has the potential to damage those mm-hmm. relationships. Definitely. Yeah. And, and as much as the work is important, some of those relationships are way more important to yeah. me. And, and I can do work with other people, but I can't have, you know, this, this person here who, like, already knows so much about me and is, like, you know, my right-hand person for everything. So yeah. it's like... <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to work with people that close to me anymore. Like, if I work with somebody who I like, and then we end up becoming close through that process, then I think that's something that's super cool. Yeah, it's a little definitely. bit of a different process of becoming, of establishing mm-hmm. a relationship with someone. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, I'm going to do that less, just because <laughs> it's stressful. It's stressful, because yeah. it's like, you know, I, just, like, I don't know, I'm a sensitive guy. Like, like <laughs> Or and you just you just care. That's, I care, that's and I'm allowed. like, and I'm like, you know, I go home, and I'm like, uh, everyone's so upset, and they're all like people I really care about, and I just want them to be happy, and I'm like, fuck. But art. <laughs> but art. <laughs> like, but we should. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Especially when it is one of those things that isn't even, like, it can't be compromised. Like, it's not like a creative vision or like something that you can you can meld together or you can make it work. But when it's, like, producing, when it's mm-hmm. When it comes details, down to the hard facts, yeah. when it's, like, you know, when it's money yeah. and it's budget lines and it's, you know, people being able to pay rent. Like, these are these are things that you're dealing with that it's, like, you know, we're not just jungling jello balls. I don't know what that means. I don't know what the first <laughs> thing came to my mind. But, right. Um, so how's produ- producing, <laughs> though? You went in knowing that you wanted to produce. Yeah. And I still know. Why is that? that? Why? I like being, like, the person who, like, helps people make things happen. Like, I always like to create as well. Like, I, I love to write. I love to perform still. But it's nice to be, like, to have somebody come to you and to, like, see their passion. And they'd be like, oh, like, I really want to do this. And I'm like, all right, let's fucking do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I know this person. I know that person. I know this person. Let's bring them together to one place. I'll kind of work out some of the details. And then, like, let's then you guys make it happen. Um, I think part of that is because I also like networking. I like meeting people. I like knowing what's going on. So when it comes down to finding people to make things happen, I already have a wealth of knowledge of people who are doing things. Right. So I'm not just searching within York people or people who graduated from York to say, like, oh, who can I bring together? It's like, no, like, actually, you, who I know from York, might... You're, you're, you would really like this person who I know from Ryerson. You would like this person who's, like, interning at, like, the theater center. You might like this person who's doing that. And it's, like, being able to make those connections, being in, putting, being in a position where you can make those connections mm-hmm. and then bring them together. So you don't have five different people doing the same thing, but yeah. you have, like, a collective who will work well together. Mm-hmm. Um, all for this thing. And I like doing that. 
And I like being able to like kind of look back at something and be like, like I like I'm, I didn't make that, but I made that happen. Yeah, you like help facilitate <clears throat> to mm-hmm. exist. Mm-hmm. It's a and good and I also I I always wanted to be like a teacher when I was little, and I feel like there's like a teaching element to producing too. Like you, because you're just like you're you're this like you're like a project leader. You're like the person who's like kind of like bringing all these people together, being like, okay, so, like, this is what we need to get done, you know, you're gonna, you go here, here, you go here, there, and mm-hmm. then, like, if you have any questions, ask me, I'll try it's to help It's definitely, you that's what leadership like, is, it's, like, yeah. assigning, like, tasks and mm-hmm. roles, and, like, delegating it so, like, the whole thing comes so together. so important, especially, like, I, I'm big for taking things on, like, if no one, right, if I'll I don't, do if I don't, yeah, I'm like, fuck, I'll do it, like, <laughs> but now, this year, again, through, with Obsidian and other things, I'm learning to delegate, and to be, like, what should my time be spent doing? Mm-hmm. Like, like I can't be focusing on this right now because that's your job. Because I gotta do this. Cause yeah. If this doesn't happen, we don't have a place to put the show. You know, yeah. it's. And as someone who, I'm like, I can admit that I haven't found where I want to be in terms of like a work environment. Mm-hmm. But I definitely can relate to that in terms of like feeling uh, empowered and feeling like, kind of comforted by having that strong leader and being mm-hmm. like, this is your role, do this portion. And, like, mm-hmm. then I, you feel confident being mm-hmm. like, this is my this is my part of the project. Right. You can go in, you can do that, and then you, you've participated and you've, like, given to the group. Yeah, and you need, it, but you need people who will also do their part. Yeah. Otherwise, it's... Yeah, but that's why you're... Right? Do your, this is what you do. Do that. Group um, work. Yeah, I was always the, the kid in elementary school who, like, was, like, when you had to have, like, a group leader, a project leader... And like, we're all like sitting in a circle, and everyone's like, "Well, Luke Reese is in our group, so I guess it's right. gonna be him." Um, which was fu- so that was like elementary school through middle school, through high school, and then like near the end of high school, I kind of got tired of being the project leader, so I started to like step back a little bit, and then going into my first two years of university, aside from starting a theater company, um, <laughs> aside from doing everything um, for this one thing, I I tried to step back as well, because I was entering an environment at York where, like, there were a, a lot of other people with these big personalities. Other project leaders. Other project leaders, and I was like, shit, okay, you can, I'm going to sit back and let you do that, um, and then after, I guess, a year and a half of sitting back... I was like, nope. <laughs> um, but still, like, n- even now, so I, I find my my time where I can sit back because it gives myself a little bit of a mental break where I'm like, I'm just going to do this one part for this project and that's going to be okay and that's going to be my contribution to that. Yeah. So. Don't need to do everything all the time. <laughs> Don't it need is... to do everything all the time. No. But it must be nice, too, to have that outlet of Little Black Afro where you can make decisions. Like, you can make something happen, you can make decisions, and then you can also take a break on that too like if yeah. you have a show run and then it runs through and then you're like whew okay right and then you can like build up momentum again for your next thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're already we already started thinking about your next our thing next, our show in October <laughs> like I already applied for a grant for a show in October and it's March but that's what you have to do long term that's what you have to do yeah um, right now, I'm looking at a grant that's due in October yeah which is yeah which is what you should be doing yeah um Oh, gosh, yeah, the next granting deadlines for me are going to be August, so, like, getting that stuff sorted out and being, okay, like, what do I want to do in 2017? Like, I know we just got in 2016, but i got to start finding money for 2017. Yeah. So I can feel good about that. Okay, so I have a personal question about (coughs) theater. Uh Uh-huh. So, 
Like, let me know if I'm wrong, but I feel like there's a lot of theater out there. There's a lot of theater out there. Like, there's, like, not... <laughs> and I only say this, like, because I also come from, um, like, an arts background, but I find that there's, like, a lot of theater out there, and it's not... Like, it's different than... Like, is it densely populated in terms of audience space? No. There is a lot of theater. There is not a lot of audience. <laughs> Right. And so that just amazes me, I guess, in a way that it's like the art of it and the practice of it persists and flourishes regardless of, like, people just, like, like doing this and it's, like, going to happen. And there's, there's like, lots of outlets for it. There's, like, all these internship programs. There's, like, right. I think there's more tiers of theater. There's, like, super expensive professional elite theater commercial whatever yeah i'm trying to find the right words <laughs> yeah here. yeah and then all the way like but there's so many tiers to like the very basic minimal emerging stuff yeah there's, like like, a huge like in amount. toronto you can find a ticket for a show that's like 200 dollars. you can find a ticket for a show that's like pay what you can like two dollars right. like so there's that um everybody for the most part is like in the indie community is aware that we're like our audiences are the same people and that in order for us to grow, we need to develop new audiences because at the end of the day, the people who are seeing theater are also the people who are making theater. Right. So, like, if I am hanging out with, like, Sally, and Sally's like, oh, I got a show, and I'm like, I got a show, too. Like, you see my show, I see your show. And then, like, I go to her show, and I pay her $20 for a ticket. Then she comes to my show, I pay me $20. It's the same $20 going back and forth. Yeah. So there's no growth. Yeah. You know? And then we're making the same $20 shows but there's like 50 of them at the same time. and Especially then, when it's the artists. Like when the artists are just passing around the money. Like yeah, it's, it's not just even the like... Artists, it's the artists. We're all passing around the same money to each other. Um, like we, we spend so much money or so much time like and stress like applying for these grants. We get the money that like we then spend on seeing other people's shows who have also then... You know, it's... <laughs> we're not going anywhere. <laughs> um... And it's like, so we need to put more money and more time into developing new audiences. And, you know, there are a lot of programs there for developing artists, but, like, where are, where are the artists going to go? <laughs> so that's, that relates to kind of, like, another question that I've been asking a lot of people that I've been talking to, which is um, the concept of, like, adding to an existing system. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's all, these, there's all these theaters, there's all these theater companies, there's all of this structure set up. And you're a graduate, you've just finished university, and you come out, and you're like, all right, well, I have this group of people, we work really well together, we want to create something, Mm -hmm. but then you're adding one more company, one more element to that (laughs) structure, one more group to compete with grants, one more thing. But at the same time, I'm like, well, in the existing structure, there's not necessarily room for everyone to add and to be a part of it like yeah. you can't just welcome everyone into the theater come like there's not enough spaces for a hundred people you there's know not. so then like what do you like how are we how do we address that like where like where do you fit inside the structure you just like you have to find it? the old money this is this is a thing that like i've been i've been to a few like emerging artists and producing panel things in the last couple months and one thing i keep hearing is that like there is like a pie um and there is like a certain amount of the pie, a large chunk of it that's already been, like, promised to these established companies that have been here since, like, the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to have that money, and that's not going to change. That might even just grow. Right. <clears throat> so, like, then there's, like, a, like you know, like you're saying, like, an itty-bitty pie left for, like, all these people who are still going after, like, all that money when we should be going after the money that's already out there. Right. So, <clears throat> which is why it's important when you're, when you're graduating is to know 
who's already out there making work and who you align with. So rather than fighting with all these other people, you can kind of join these people, like yeah. Obsidian Theater and, and Little Black Afro is a perfect example of that. Because <clears throat> that's my thing. Like, I, I don't really have a, a large desire to, like, create a company. Mm-hmm. But I have a huge desire to work with, like, a, a vast range of people that I've mm-hmm. seen. Mm-hmm. But it's not that I'm, like... It, it's just, like, that balance of, like, how do you how do you fit into that without, you know, just, like... I, I don't know, because I feel, like, almost like a weird sense of guilt to, you like, just, latch on to you something. You be nice and you be honest about it. Like, when I sat down with uh, Philip Bacon at Obsidian, it was like, you know, this is what I'm doing. This is what I have to do. You guys put on some great work. Like, the quality of the shows that Obsidian puts on is always, like, I, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, and I take the same kind of values in Little Black Afro and, like, colored artists and all these things. Yay. Yeah. So it made sense for me to, to start a relationship with Obsidian. And now, like... I am able to, like, pay my rent because of this producing apprentice I'm doing, uh, apprenticeship, um, because, like, I realized that there was already a company out there that had money that was doing what I wanted to do, and I just was honest with, about it with them, and then now here we are, right? And they've even helped support Little Black Afro shows before. So, again, right. with Little Black Afro, I'm not fighting for the same money. I'm within this body of money, mm-hmm. and it's just me and a few other people who are just kind of hanging out and having a good time making some work, right? It's... Um, and it's that, so that's one thing to do. And the other is just be really good at getting the money that's there. You know, practice your grant writing, practice your your practice. Like, if you make good work, you get money for it as well. Like, I, there's a class I took um, at York uh, called Theater Management in my third year, where at the end of the assign at the end of the course, you, you do an Ontario Arts Council grant application, mm, right? That's super handy. Right. Um, I mean, dancers could probably take that as well. I'm not sure. They, they, it was like a hidden course. Like we had to take like either that course or this other course to like get a degree. And yeah. I was like, I want to take that one. And, uh, you know, I, I put time into that and I treated it as I would like, a, like my, my first grant. And then um, for the same show that I applied for in like my course grant application thing, I applied for an Ontario Arts Council grant, like, as soon as I graduated, like, last summer, and used a lot of what I learned from that, used a lot of the same material from that, you know, test grant application, and then got the grant. Right. Um, which is why school's important. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's, you know, like, giving it that time, and then then you'll get money as well. Then you'll, That's how you'll get, like, the... I don't want to say new money, but the money that isn't already spoken for. Right. If you... Speak clear enough and speak honest enough, then you will get that money. Um, yeah, it's like another part of it's like knowing what what is getting money now and knowing what's getting funding and knowing what people are looking for, and like not changing what you're doing unless like that's something that you also want to do. Like, don't like do this because it's the money. Do this right. because it's what you want to do. But like, you might need to start there, and then once you're in, you can be like, okay, well, I, I was also curious about exploring this. And once you have a home and they know you and they know who you are, then they'll be more likely to be like, okay, like, I know we don't normally do that, but we do like you, we like your work, so maybe we can make some room to try to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, an example of that, um, a bi-weekly conversation series, I am, I'm a co-director of Dark Nights, um, right. which I feel like people listening to this could be interested in as well, because it's the same kind of conversations that are had, but it's uh, at the theater center. 
uh, every other Monday night. They have a cafe there on Queen Street West. I've uh, been. Yeah. It's a beautiful Yo, space. it's so nice. It's gorgeous. Um, you should come Monday night. This Monday? This Monday. I'm there. Um, 8 p.m. We're interviewing, I'm interviewing the artists this week. Anyways, so, <laughs> with this idea, I was a part of the Youth Advisory Committee for Theatre Ontario. There's a bunch of people. We had these ideas. You know, we were brought into this committee because we were all kind of leaders in our community. We are all proactive artists, yada, yada, yada. At the end of the day, not a lot got done through that. There was a lot of talk, but then I met this guy, Wayne, Wayne Burns, and we kind of like really gravitated towards this idea, Dark Nights, which started in the YAC, but then nobody was really like kind of like gripping onto it. So then we kind of stepped back for a bit, redefined what this idea was, and then came back to Theatre Ontario, and we're like, listen, like we know we're part of the YAC, and we've kind of been doing this thing, but we want to take Dark Nights' its own thing, and we know that there's funding, that you guys have some money, this is our proposal, can we have your money? And they were like, well, yeah, because, like, what else? Like, you know, they had money for, they had money for developing uh, young theater creators that right. wasn't being used, that we were aware of. We right. were already, you know, in there, like, we were, we were... So, but it's having that awareness as well. Having that awareness, yeah. So, and then now, we, now Dark Nights happens. And it, so, yeah, so then this story I'm taking away, I mean, it relates to a lot of the other things that we've been talking about, mm-hmm. so that ability to, like you know, ask for coffee, ask for what you want. Mm-hmm. So there's a level of, like, understanding where the money is, being honest, but then also, like, asking for it and and being okay with that. Yeah. I think that's probably the part I struggle with, which maybe <laughs> is, like, this, like similar with you in a certain sense, uh-huh. where I'm just like, am I asking for too, like... Yeah, it's like... Like, uh, do I deserve it? Like, why me uh-huh. above other people? Uh-huh. Yeah, you really I'll have to, like, that. realize <laughs> what your self-worth is. And I think, if anything, like, time is worth... Time is the most valuable thing in the world, mm-hmm. I believe, right now. Because there's just so many options for what you can do. That's why it's so hard to get people to stop watching that new Netflix original series <laughs> and, like, come out and see theater. Right. Because, like, it's going to take up some of their time. Yeah. And, like, yeah, maybe the theater's not that expensive if you go to, like, a pay what you can night, but it's still that time, the value of that time that you're taking. Um, so when you're, like, when you're going to work for somebody, when, you're, when they're going to be using your time, like, that's that's valuable, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, so to ask, like, when you're asking for things, when you're asking for jobs, or maybe, like, money or things like that, you need to realize that, like, yo, this is going to be some time. Yeah. And this is, this is going to be yeah. time that I'm not going to be doing other things that I could be, and, like, that's worth something. But I think the part of my personal problem, because mm-hmm. we're into that now, is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, understanding where that money is, because for theater, like, like, those structures, I don't know if other art forms necessarily have that, or have that to that extent. Like, well, it's like, I mean, like, there's the art councils, like, yeah, you got your yeah. municipal ones, you got the provincial, like, OAC, and then you got your Canada Council for the Arts, right? Oh. Boom. Um, and then there's certain foundations, like, a, a lot of it is also, like, seeing, when, when you go to see a show, there's always the programs, there's always, the, like, the logos, mm-hmm. and there's, like, the donors section, mm-hmm. right? Like, paying attention to, like, what organizations, what, pe- what people, what names are you always seeing that are always donating to this kind of work? Right. Like, you know, like, I've been keeping an eye on, like, who's funding all the black theater companies? Because, like, I'm going to give them a phone call, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, that's a good research. But, uh, you know, and a part of it is, like, Little Black Africa isn't incorporated. So for, for some of them, you have to be incorporated and you have to have charitable status right. as well. So um, for certain foundations, certain organizations to fund you. But sometimes, you know, you'll meet the right person and email the right person who like, has a couple hundred bucks, mm-hmm. is interested in your work. And they're like, yeah, like, I'll put it towards that. That's a part of it. Yeah, it's like, um, 
reading the programs <laughs> and going on people's websites. Like that was one of my tasks when I was at Obsidian yesterday was like to go onto the Toronto Symphony Orchestra website and be like, you know, who's funding them? Right. You know, like how can we get more funders? Like if people funding people who are funding music still like art might also want to fund theater, but maybe no one's asking them. So right. let's be the person to ask. Right. Um, asking. Asking, 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 asking. You can't get something unless you ask. That's so true. You you can't. You can't. Because <laughs> that's also something that I feel like I've been fed as well, which is like maybe just me being defensive. But it's like, oh, just be present, which I think is also yes, very important. Definitely. But sometimes there's a like for me anyway. I've I think that there's a conception that that's like enough, which I don't think it no. is. Because it's like, yeah, I can be there, I can like, be in your face, I can show up to your class, I can be in your class, I can go to your show, mm-hmm. but it's like... You have to deliver if you're not, Yeah, if you're not doing anything, if you're not putting that work in, focusing on your practice, then mm-hmm. it's like, people just see your face, but they're like, but what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, but, huh? How do you, because I know since you do producing, and then I didn't know you did creative writing, that's the thing that you do. Yeah. And then I have also seen you, obviously, perform. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, like... When people see you in the community, do they see you as this blended individual of having multiple talents and pursuing those things? See, that's a, that's the thing. That's what I'm kind of struggling with right now is that people see me and it's like, it depends on where I am and different groups. Like, because mm-hmm. I also do spoken word and slam poetry. So I go to like Toronto Poetry Slam a few times. I go to like uh Hamilton Youth Poets I go down there because they're super cool people Little Black Afro we partner with them all the time um so to I know like to the Toronto Poetry Slam community I'm a poet because that's all they really know of me that's so what far in the Hamilton one they because I went in there through the Hamilton Fringe so they know me as like a theater artist and a poet right um my, like, the writing groups I'm a part of here for playwriting know me as a playwright. The You know, it's... But I think I'm known more as a producer than anything. Overall. Um, because that's what I get the most emails and messages about. Hmm. Is, is, how do I start a theater company? How do I produce in this city? I'm looking for a producer for my show. Like, I get messages, I get emails, I get, like, things from, like, sometimes people I've only said two words to who, like, right. have questions about that specifically. Right. So, and that's how I can tell how they see me, because that's what I'm getting back. Is right. Like everyone's like, Although, to be fair, to be fair, someone might not ask about, like, something about acting, because that's, a, that's yeah. a harder thing to quantify, well, right? Well, to be like, oh, hey. like, how do I get a gig in the city? That's true. That's like, true. how do I, where do I find auditions? Right. Um... For playwrights might be like, uh, you know, how do I get a few to read my play? How do mm-hmm. I submit a play? How do I find these grants for writing? Which are things that I also know because I'm also like a practicing playwright. So right. like I'm, I'm on the website looking for grants, looking for awards to apply for. Um, so what do everyone, you think about that? I mean... And how people see you. I mean, does that even matter? Sometimes it's annoying. <laughs> because, That's what I'm getting at. Because <laughs> um, I knew going... I knew graduating, I was like, okay, my first year out of school, I want to focus on two things, and that's producing, and that's playwriting. And out of the gate, I get this producing apprenticeship. So I'm like, bam, producing, here we go. You know, Little Black Axe got a bunch of shows going on. So, like, that's definitely been going and going and going, and then, like, now I feel like I have to, like, catch up with my playwriting. Right. <laughs> Which is, like, why I was up really late last night, and, like, then up again this morning to go to, like, some of the foundry at Factory Theater was because, like, that's important to me. Like, playwriting is also important to me. 
and I would like people to know that as well, so that they think of if, you. Yes, they that they think, think of me. Yeah, because um, people are thinking of me for other things, totally. but I want them to also think of me for for playwriting. Yeah, I had a friend tell me this though, because she she started a company because she wants to do more choreography. So she's like, "Well, I'm going to start a company and I'll do more choreography." But then. She was like, I stopped getting gigs as a dancer. And she was like, I talked to a couple people, and they were like, oh, I was going to ask you. Right, but, then, but I thought that you were yeah. just into choreography. And she's like, no, so. I, I'm just like a multidimensional person who mm. could have more than one friggin' interest. And she said that. <laughs> she was like, people will just see you as one thing. Yeah. And like, I definitely screwed myself over there. But it, it, then you, you also have the power to change it when you mm-hmm. want to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I try to like... Whenever I can do poetry somewhere that's not a poetry place, like mm-hmm. if there's a theater thing that I can do poetry at, I'm, I do it because I'm like, that's I'm, cool. you need to know that I'm also a poet yeah. in case you want me to do a poetry thing. Yeah. Um, Seeing those opportunities to be like, I'm going to yeah. change your perspective of mm-hmm. me right now. And like I'm organizing, uh, I will be organizing in the next month and a bit, like a, a reading of one of my plays that I won some awards for, but like it's never actually been staged. Um, How do you do that? How do you win a on a word for like you just apply. in the playwriting <laughs> <laughs> you apply but is it just, just for the the script yeah okay yeah yeah it's just uh, just for reading the script cool um, which is cool cause yeah it's like my secret thing that like and like no one's read this like some people have read the script but like some of my like my close friends know that this thing exists but not a lot of people do um, this morning I mailed it to Young People's Theater to mention them again to see if uh They'd be interested in producing that because I think it could work for uh, a high school audience specifically. Nothing really younger than that because they're swearing in it and swearing's bad, but uh, swearing's not bad. Um, <laughs> Go school, kids. <laughs> um, but yeah, so now I'm like, I'm going out for more playwright focused things, like being a part of the Foundry at Factory is like, yes, like, you know, I'm, I'm being held accountable for like my writing, and then there's going to be a presentation of that in June. So, like, I know that that's going to happen in June. Like, I've submitted a play to YPT. Okay, well, I also want to have a reading of this play in April and then invite the people from YPT there so they can actually, like, hear it read as well and invite other artistic directors because, like, friggin', like, I want to get this play up next year. Like, that's, right. like, that's a goal that I'm now setting to be more visible in this community. Mm-hmm. I'm... Uh, I know a few people at the Playwrights Guild and, like, whenever there's, like, an email out about, like, uh, some kind of event or some kind of, like, forum or, or you can be part of this committee, I'm like, yes, I'm in. So I'm a part of, like, the communications committee at the Players Guild of Canada. They've asked me now to host uh, a, an, an emerging artist open playwright mic thing on March 21st that I am now emceeing with uh, my old professor at York <laughs> uh, who taught me playwriting. That's and drama. awesome. So, you know, That's so... so cool. So, like, I'm finding more and more ways. I, I'm going to be... There's a big literary conference that's happening at the Harborfront Center in June. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a day where the Playwrights Guild's going to send me out just at events all day and, like, live tweeting and posting and periscoping my experience. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, like, people are like, do you want to do this thing? And I'm like, yeah. So, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is I've... Change what I say yes and what I say no to. Right. So I'm saying yes to a lot more playwriting things and no to a lot more producing things. Right. Well, you already have that taken care of in a certain way that you're still working on building those skills <clears throat> in a different way. Yeah. Um, I also <clears throat> never ever want to produce this many shows at one time ever again. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> Learning new things about yourself. Yes. This was like going into like January, February, March. I knew that it was going to be rough, but like I just like... Because <laughs> with Obsidian, uh, their two shows this season are back to back. Venus's Daughter, Up the Garden Path. Then right in between those two, 
or like right before the first show was the Ten 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 project. So it was Ten Ten Ten, then Venus's daughter, then Love Broke, which was only like a couple days, mm-hmm. but it was still like a lot of time those couple of days. Um, and then now it's Carbon, and then it's Up the Garden Path. Right. But like back to back to back to back five shows that I'm inviting people to, that I'm tweeting and posting about, that I'm like trying to get media out to, that I'm managing reviews for. It's like, ah. <laughs> but it's a lot of the same thing. So it's, it's a lot of the same. It's really repetitious. Thing. And, uh-huh. yeah. and I'm like, didn't I already send this email? No, that was for the other show. So yeah. now I need to email this person to come see this show I'm doing, and go through the same process we just did. A week ago, like for this other show, right. and it's like so. It's like it's easier to do it now, but it's also like it's hard to keep track of what I have and what I haven't done for each show. So right. I'm like, wait, I've delivered the checks for this show, but did I write the checks for that show? And <laughs> it's ah, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm. I think I'm gonna limit myself to in a three month span, like only two shows, right? But not overlapping. Right. Like, my shows have to be at least three weeks apart from, like, openings. And then within a three-month span, I can only... No, within a four-month span. <laughs> I'm setting these rules right now. I can only do... I can only produce two I'm shows. I'm glad that this this episode is being productive for... Yeah. Like real real <laughs> that <world>. is, <laughs> oh, and Now I mean, we all get to hold you accountable. Right? If you're working too hard, we'll all be like, We're like, hey, uh, notice you're doing three shows in four months. What the fuck? Yeah. You, you, said, you said. I heard you. I will send you the link. <laughs> okay, well, uh, you brought up Carbon. I heard it. Yeah. So I want to talk about it now. <laughs> Carbon is my baby. Carbon is the show we got the Ontario Arts Council grant for. For Little Black Afro. For Little Black Afro. Carbon is... And wait, so wait, that was the grant that you wrote. Yeah, so I, in my, in my, so in third year, I knew that I wanted, I was getting more into the slam community and spoken word and like doing, like I did a show uh, in Playground that year uh, and a lot of those people are working on this show now with poetry and fun and yada and I was like, yo, like I want to do this but like on a larger scale. So through that class, I kind of like imagined this show that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. and use theater management as a way to prep myself for this show. We did it in the Hamilton Fringe Festival the summer after that. Um, took kind of kind of a year off where we knew we were going to do it again. Um, but, like, it's, it's a weird and it's a hard show to do because it's not a regular play where you have a script and then you can, like, block and you can do this. And I think... We accepted that the first time we did it, to a certain extent, but didn't prepare for that, and the process was rushed, and it was stressful, and too many people were in too many hats. So that was, that was in 2014, Hamilton Fringe Festival. Still had a good end product, I was really happy with it. Everybody who worked on the project, I think, learned a lot. Little Black Afro as a company learned a lot from that show. And I knew that we weren't done. So then applying for the Ontario Arts Council as soon as I was out of school, but knowing that I was going to do that and communicating with everybody involved, like, this show's not done, this show's not done, this is what I'm thinking. Um, and wanting to allow more time for the show to develop was one thing that was said in the grant. And we outlined everything, and on paper it looks great. But in reality, again, we, we expected a certain thing from the show this time around, and... We haven't gotten that, so like we're in a state right now where we're, we're still kind of readjusting things, mm-hmm. and 
not everyone is, like, happy about it, because, you know, we want, like, oh, like, we wanted it to be, I mean, I'm not a perfectionist, but, like, you know, like, we, we, the first time was, like, a little bit of a rough process, and this time we're, like, you know, it's, it's gonna be better, and it is better in a, a many ways, but we're making new mistakes. Right. Of course. There's uh, always more Right? We're, make, we're making new mistakes, and we're, like, learning, and we're addressing that, mm-hmm. but it's, like, you know, and that's what you have to, you have to develop this work. Like, we, like, I want this to get to where it can. I think the show has a lot of potential. And I think that we've made leaps and bounds since the first show. And, like, this show's going to be so much fun. Like, every day something changes, which, like, for some people in the process is great and for others isn't. (laughs) But, um... I know those people. They're like, we just decided this yesterday. But then... But to give you a a kind of a gist, because I've been talking about the show without telling you what it is. So so we have these poets, and and we took a couple months, and they were just writing poetry. They developed, like, they just wrote, like, dozens and dozens of poems between the five of them. Sat down, kind of chose some poems that we thought fit together, thought were the strongest, had them work on them some more. Tried to put it into, like, a script format. Didn't really work. Um, develop the poem some more and like rather than it being like a play through poetry it is a theatrical performance with poems with words stories with a lot of different things and I and like I've accepted that and I think everyone's accepted that and now we're just going for it because like it's it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Like like I think like they were there were these structures in place when we started the process that were kind of holding people back. And now that we're at a point where like those have called not I don't want to say they fell through, but we didn't adhere to some of those. But everyone's still having fun with the work, and I think right. that's important. Yeah, it is for sure. Um. So when the show goes up, March sixteenth to nineteenth, I can't honestly say what it's gonna look like, but. I can say I'm going to watch it every single night because what I will tell you is that every single night the show is going to be different. Right. Um, <laughs> which is, like, both terrifying and, like, exciting at the same time. And that's what I like when I, when I choose a show to go see. I'm like, I don't necessarily want to know what I'm getting into. That's why I don't read the program. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I want to know a little bit of... Like, I want to know that I have an interest in it, but, y- you know, I... I want to be surprised. Yeah. Like, I, I want to sit there and I want to experience this thing happening in front of me live. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I, I like theater versus movies because, like, these, everything you're experiencing is happening right now in front of you and it's real and, like, to the point where, like, if somebody were to throw a shoe, it would hit them and they'd have to respond to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and this this show now, Carbon, has a, has a loose list, don't throw shoes in the show, <laughs> has um, some fluidity to it where it's, like, the order of these poems of these pieces is not necessarily set. So mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's involvement from the audience to a certain point where you they have, they have, um, oh, this is what I'm looking for, I can't think of it, but they have some control over what's happening. Some, you know? like, influence almost. Yeah, it, it, they, they can be like, oh, no, I want to do this, and then people have to respond to right. it. Um, so that's what the show's become now, after, like, right on. like going so on awesome. two years. Um and, like, so many people involved um, with, like, between our designers, um, the poets in Hamilton, the people who are originally part of it, everyone who's been brought on, people switching roles, and, like, man, like, fuck. No, I am happy. I'm happy about this show. Like, we worked so hard, and this is, like, sorry, a lot's coming out because, like, the last couple of days has been, like, a lot of rejigging of things. And yeah, it's kind of, it's been weighing down on me, but, like, 
no, this is this is awesome. This is <laughs> no one else is 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 doing it to this extent in this weird, fucked up way. We're doing it, um, and I love it. <laughs> Good. Do you want to plug it in terms of where and when? Um, yeah. So this show, Carbon, uh, it's it's a workshop presentation. Um, so only six shows within a four day run, at the Aki Studio Theater which is 585 Dundas Street East. It's on Dundas just past Parliament if you're taking the, the streetcar. You get off at Sackville Street. Um, some people need, some people need like, specific directions. Yeah, like, well, some people like, are lazy and don't want to They won't Google it. it. They're like, how do I get to your show? I'm like, I gave you the address. You can type it into Google. But no, here's, because I want people to see this show. So if you're coming on the subway, you get off at Young and Dundas. <laughs> so at Dundas Station on the subway. That's on right. the Young line. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It will arrive at... You get off, and you get on the streetcar going eastbound on Dundas. That's important. Then you sit on it, and you get off at Sackville Street, then you walk a little bit into the Daniel Spectrum. Beautiful space, And then it's the Aki Studio Theater, which is a beautiful black box theater. It sits 118 People can buy tickets. You can buy tickets at the door, but buy them online, because a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm going to go see that show, and then they forget to buy their ticket, and then it happens, like, that night's there. And they're like, oh, like, I'm actually kind of lazy today. Yeah. But if you have your ticket, you will see the show. And you can't, you don't want to miss this. Because this show will never be like this again. This show changes every night. This show features the work of some spectacular poets. Like, you have to, if you don't go, you're an idiot. <laughs> I'm calling that out. You can call me out for doing too many shows in a four-month span. But I'm going to call you out if you don't come see the show. Um, we're all holding yeah. one another accountable so it's okay it's I'll okay. allow it you can uh, check it out on uh, www.littleblackafro.com you can buy tickets online there and and the best part is that so 10% one thing Little Black Afro does with every show we do we partner with an organization that we think uh, or feel fits the themes and the values of this show we're putting on and we donate a portion of our box office so that was in the budget line when I made the grant it's in a budget line now we budget so 10% of what we think we're going to make off of ticket sales right. um, and whatever it ends up being um, goes towards that organization so we're working with the Hamilton uh, Youth Poets right on and uh, I got to know them when we were first in Hamilton mm-hmm. uh, a couple years ago for the first Fringe Festival so that was 2013 and uh, they welcomed us into the city, and like they helped promote our show, and like that's how I got into like poetry performance, and now doing this show. We were the first time we did the Hamilton Fringe again, partnering with them, uh, but now they're they're working towards Louder Than a Bomb Canada 2016, which is the their third time uh, running this this like festival of spoken word and slam poetry in Hamilton from poets across the nation in one place. So. Uh, Nia Reed, who runs the Hamilton Youth Post, has told me that the money specifically we're donating is going to go towards um, tickets for other students who might not be able to afford to go to the right. Louder Than a Bob Canada Festival. Right. So right on. when That's you're awesome. so when you're buying a ticket to see Carbon, you're also buying a ticket for somebody else to go to the Louder Than a Bomb Canada Festival. I think that's important. So if you don't want to see this show. Buy a ticket anyway. <laughs> buy a ticket. <laughs> Help um, someone else out and buy a see the show because it makes... It's awesome. And then the, so the Hamilton Post are going to be in the show this time as well too, which is exciting. Yeah. Um, I think that's what you need to know about the show. If you Google Little Black Afro, it's the, like, the first or second thing that comes up. There aren't a lot of little black afros <laughs> okay. around the interwebs. Good. Um, I don't even think I got through half of the stuff that I wanted to talk to you about, but we kind of have to wrap it because... You have a show to see tonight, and 
I have a room to clean, honestly. That's yeah. that's pretty much my night. Before before we go, mm-hmm. I passed to everyone for recommendations. Yeah. Oh yes, 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 yes. So first music artist band oh. something to listen to. Okay. I have it doesn't to... have to be your favorite, it just has to be what you something that you're listening to right now. I have to pull it up on Spotify. Which is oh I can't say Spotify, this is going on iTunes, can I? Is Spotify iTunes enemy? Oh, I don't care. I don't okay. think iTunes, <laughs> iTunes would have to like listen to this episode and then be like, "He said Spotify, take it down." Okay, yeah. so go to my <laughs> your music and songs. It's the song's called "Wake Up." I don't have the app. Do you actually like it? I do. I do, and I don't use iTunes anymore. Oh, uh, like you go. like the music, the music app portion. Thing. Of it. Because, You're gonna use the podcast because like I'm paying it. yes, because <laughs> uh, I'm paying like was it ten bucks a month and then like but like I'm downloading all these songs. Which which is like what I would do on iTunes, but I would pay because I'm and I still pay for songs, so like I would download right. all these songs individually for like a dollar nineteen each. Right. But so if I like download ten songs, and is but the range on, on Spotify good because those yeah. artists have to associate. Right, right. Um, I've listened to a bunch of new stuff because of this, which is this one song. So it's called "Wake Up" um, by uh, what is this? Sir the Baptist, the, Sir the Baptist, featuring the church, the church people, not church people, like C H. U-C-H people. And the song is called? Wake Up. Wake Up, okay. Um, and it's like... This is like also a promo for Spotify. Yeah, their de- iTunes is going to be so upset. It's going to be so upset. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my... I'll st- have to look into it. I know my... This is weird to say, but I know my mom listens, like uses Spotify. My mom is so on, on yeah. the cusp. I still love time. iTunes and everything iTunes does. And I really recommend... <laughs> okay, so that's my song. Book, novel, um, uh, thing you read. book is... I actually finished reading it today. And I'm now sitting alone in the living room. This Just me it. and Manny. Oh. I feel like whenever someone asks me to recommend a book, I always say the book that I'm reading currently. That's, a, that's okay. And it's also, I like this book because it's like a book that not, like people wouldn't like be like, oh, like I'm going to pick up this book and buy it and read it. So it's called The Man Who Can Stop OCD and the True Story of a Life Lost in Thought by David Adam. And it's uh, My Father's OCD. <clears throat> so I bought this with the intentions of, like, giving it to him, and then I was like, I should read this first. Um, yeah. And, like, I've, like, over the, like, last couple years, through, like, my poetry and my theater performance, I've kind of explored, like, OCD and mental illness and different things like that to kind of get a better sense of, like, what my father's going through. So in reading this book, I think you learn a lot about obsessive-compulsive disorder and what, like, what it actually is. Mm-hmm. And, like, just, like, the different things that, like, in, throughout history, how it's been dealt with and treatments and defining what it means to have OCD and just, like, this this author's story of his own uh, OCD. And it's, like, you know, it's a, it's a good read. You learn a lot. It's not, like, dense. Like, you know, it's, it's right. there's a lot of anecdotes. So it's nonfiction, but it's Yeah, creative nonfiction. Um, creative nonfiction. Yeah, I read, like a, a I read a fictional book recently... The Girl on the Train, which is about, has a character who's an alcoholic. And even a nonfiction story taught me so much about mm-hmm. just, like, what that means. Yeah. And I had so many assumptions that are completely wrong, and you just learn about it. Yeah. It's good. Right. Okay, the last one is uh, One Other Thing. Uh, I recommend you go to a poetry slam. <laughs> like, people don't go to poetry slams or poetry readings and everything because they, like, they think it's this, like, tight community. 
but like it's so welcoming. And at the beginning of Poetry Slams, they explain the rules and they explain everything you need to know about Poetry Slams. Let everyone's on the same page when they start the Poetry Slam. Right. Um, and they're everywhere. There's. Like, I was gonna say, can you call out a couple? Of yeah. Well, I gotta call. I gotta call out first and foremost Hamilton Youth Poets. They do it. Um, oh God, is it the last? I feel like it's the last Sunday of every month. So either the third Sunday or the last Sunday. But people can also Google it. You can also check uh, <laughs> Hamilton Youth Poets. Um, but they do it at the Spice Factory, uh, and Nia Reed and the poets they have there are awesome, and they're magical, and it's so kind. And I like I commute to Hamilton to go to their slams because like there's a feeling I get there that like I don't get at other places. Um, if you're in Toronto, 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 <laughs> Toronto uh, Poetry Slam uh, by the Toronto Poetry Project happens to Drake. They do them uh, twice a month, um, and uh, they have a, a Facebook page where they, they post all their events, and I go to them a lot because it's, it's more frequent, and it's like right here in Toronto, the Drake, and it's like a cool vibe, get some drinks, um, hang out, um, and I compete. I'll be competing on the 13th, which will be the day before this goes up. Um, but uh, like like David Silverberg and the people that run it too are like super cool, again, welcoming people who like, they, there's no discrimination, there's no hate there. Um, you can walk in. Uh, oh, and these all cost, these cost money. I think, yeah, they cost like five, seven bucks each. So, but like, it's worth it. Like the money goes to, to make sure this keeps happening. So right. do that. Um, there's like the art bar, which is over near Broadview Station that happens Tuesday nights, which is Canada's longest running poetry reading series. And it's actually ending in June. So go check that out if you can. They also have, everything's Facebook, Twitter, you can find that. I can't list them all. That's right okay. Now. But those are those, those are a good place for are, people to start. Some examples. Right on. But there's also like um, there's like youth slams. If like you're like younger, if you're in high school listening to this, um, that happen. And and a lot of them like, the, a lot of them in Toronto kind of like spur out of the people who do Toronto poetry slams. So through TPS, you can find a lot of the other ones in Toronto as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good, good. Um, and if people want to find you in your stuff, should they just go? Your personal stuff? Just like, message me. It's like, <laughs> Luke Reese. Um, Luke Reese. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram <laughs> at LAReese93. Um, and uh, <laughs> I don't I don't have like a I don't have like a website or a Facebook page like Little Black Afro does. So through there you can find the work I do with Little Black Afro, but there's more of a separation between Little Black Afro and my own work. So it's just um, find me on Facebook, Luke Reese, Twitter, LA underscore Reese. I think that's what it is. I don't have the same handles for Instagram and Twitter, which is a mistake. I can change that, though. Anyways, that's <laughs> <I can laughs> an change. easily fixable mistake. Awesome. Uh, yeah. You, just, you say I'm hi. Sure people. people. Yeah, and they'll ask you for things, because that's what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Coffee. No, even on uh, Wednesday, I, I had two meetings with uh, students at York who had messaged me about running a theater company or getting involved a little black afro, and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll come sit down. So I do that, because people do that for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you got to give back. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Well, I'm going to thank you because thank you for sitting down with me and talking right now. No problem. Awesome. Good seeing you. Yeah, it's good to see you again, too. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we're going to jam out to Wake Up, the song that you uh, recommended. Yes. And that's a wrap. Oh, so good. La da da da, la da da da, la da da da. If everybody aims and everybody shoots, 
Then who would live to tell it? I mean, who could you tell it to? Cause everybody had the guts to aim and shoot But who would be the martyr? Let someone wake up to the truth He aims for the guy that aims for the sky Let's pray don't shoot That it ricochet instead of split his fade light Like park off juice More blacks are tied to a black man gone Than a white man news And if that's not the truth Then they'll wait for the proof We gotta wake up We gotta wake up can I wake up? Hey! I gotta wake up. Let that boy wake up. Or can she wake up? Before it's too late. We gotta wake up. Oh, we can change, we can change, we can change, we can change the world. Yeah, we can. If we try. We can change, we can change, we can change, we can change the world. Let's mourn for the ones who died Let's mourn for the ones who died Who prays for the man who prays for the world Who saved the man who saved the world How do I get him on my side Does it take a follower just to lie Ain't really got but one chance to die Ain't really great but I love my life Government say where well, you're Jesus Christ But you told me to keep him outside What if Trayvon was the next Martin Luther And just arrived early to the shooter What if What if Hadia had an idea But it died in the park she could have been Rosa What if Eric Garner was just another warning What if I'm wondering what if these what ifs Are just waiting for us to wake up Wake up We gotta wake up We gotta wake up Come on and wake up Give her time to wake up Before it's too late We gotta wake up We can change Or if we try Can we mourn for the ones that died? Tell somebody We can change, we can change, we can change, we can change the world Somebody say Something, do something great. If you could be something, be something great. If you could live something, live something great. If you could change the world, but you gotta have faith. If you could do something, do something great. If you can be something, be something great. If you can live something, live something great. Oh, if we're gonna be somebody, if we're gonna go somewhere, gotta wake up, yeah, 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 yeah. Wake up!